Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 26 of the Two Pad Stack Podcast. I'm your host, Ace, alongside my wonderful co-host in person today, Burris. How's it going, Burris? Fantastic day. Great to actually be recording with you in person for once, even though I had to see your ugly mug in person. Likewise. The feeling's <laughs> right there with you, my friend. So, yeah, it's uh, we're, we're here uh, live. I guess not so live when you listen, but we're here live. Here at Back Hill here in Gonic, New Hampshire. Um, had a fantastic viewing party of the bees and flyers today. What a tilt that was. Didn't expect that today, man. Coming right out of the gate, first period. Unbelievable performance. Made the event today that much better. Boys were buzzing, that's for sure. It was a great, great game, great game. Um, so as always, this episode is brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions and our friends at SeatGeek. If you're looking for a live event, whether it's a sporting event or you're looking to go ahead and uh, catch like a concert or maybe some drama, uh, check out our friends at SeatGeek. They can probably help you out with some uh, tickets there. Uh, and when you do, if you haven't used this before, use promo code 2 Pod. That's the number P, or sorry, the number two. I've had a few of these. <laughs> the number two, P-A-D-S-T-A-C-K-P-O-D on SeatGeek, and you can save $20 off your first purchase. So definitely check that out. Um, and then also, we want to definitely shout out, like I said already, really appreciate um, the Backhill Beer Company for hosting us today. It was a really great event, packed house, um, good beer, good food from the uh, Fat Kid Culinary Productions. Um, it was really awesome. First, how have you enjoyed your time? You, I've heard you talk about this beer quite a bit on the podcast, and it did not disappoint. This Every beer that I've tried, I've tried two of them, believe it or not. I've only had two. Uh, I've had multiples of the uh, two beers. We'll, we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just start out with that. But fantastic beer. The food, the dumplings from, from Fat Kid were unbelievable. First dumplings I've actually ever had in my entire life, believe it or not. No uh, way. Yeah, I've never not really a been a guy. No, not a dumpling guy. Um, got the chopsticks. Was a little like, uh, how do I use these? So I just started stabbing them. It worked out. Yeah, for those of you listening at home, um, Bruce is a stab guy with uh, chopsticks. Yes. So, and he did try to shame me for actually picking up the dumplings. You dropped it. I did drop it once. That's fair. <laughs> but uh, yeah, big, big, uh, big uh, uh, chopstick stabbing guy. That's Bruce. It was fantastic. Uh, Thank you again to the Backhill Brewery for, for allowing us to do this today. Unbelievable event. Got to see a bunch of people. Watched a fantastic hockey game. I don't think we could have had a better result today uh, from the Boston Bruins. And definitely looking forward to getting into breaking down that game, Bruins, and everything else going forward here. Can't wait. Yeah, it was a, it was a good game. And, and I do have to say, the NHL needs to figure their shit out, right? <laughs> like, why on earth am I telling people – that the game's gonna start at one or uh, twelve thirty, and it was a, like a, a Freudian slip there. One o'clock. I said one, because that's about the time that the game fucking started, right? Like, I told everybody, oh, event starts at noon. Gives us a half hour to mingle, talk to people, mm-hmm. get some beers at us, do a social lubrication. But uh, but no, the NHL decided that we're gonna defer to the Philadelphia Flyers. We're going to add Mark Recchi to the Philadelphia Flyers Hall of Fame, which, believe me, fantastic. Recchi won a cup with us. Great guy, veteran leader, NHL Hall of Famer for sure, in my opinion. Uh, but we didn't need to wait until like 107 to drop the puck. It was ridiculous. You know, we're, we set up this event and we're sitting here waiting for the game to start. We're watching the, the ceremony. We're like, okay, the ceremony's going to be down there. They're going to play the game. They hadn't even warmed up yet at that point. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, if you're going to plan an event like that for a player, plan it for if the game starts at 12:30, plan that to start at 12 o'clock. Tell people to be in their seats at 12 o'clock. Absolutely. And that way, they puck can drop as close to 12:30 as possible. The NHL is notorious for doing this type of, you know, schedule shenanigans with with their games, and you advertise a certain time for the game to start. Usually, you know, playoff games, all that start 20 minutes late based on everything. This this was absurd. It was like we should have been done the first period by the time the game actually started. I know. I had I had a few people that were at the tables there with us as we were enjoying the game, and they're like, "What is what is Mark Recchi doing? Is he going out and like shaking hands with every employee of the Flyers? Like, is he going like from the ice, shaking hands with the coaches, 
to all of the bartenders? Is he shaking hands with all the bartenders? What about all the people that are serving chicken nuggets? You know, and he should he should do that. He was a very prominent player for the Flyers. I think it was back in the '90s that he was there. Prominent player. He deserves that night with that with that franchise. But schedule the thing properly. Like this is um, it was unbelievable sitting here waiting to to watch the puck drop. And think you know it was worth the wait. Thank goodness. I mean, if they had come out and they the score was opposite, we'd be like, oh what man, we just we waited we waited that long to watch this. Like they they can't get out of their own way, and they they don't seem to care because it's a repeated pattern. It really doesn't. You know, and I said this to Burgers earlier before we recorded. Like, and I, this isn't obviously an NFL podcast, but we do talk a little bit about about football and the Pats here and there. But you know. When you turn into tune into a uh, NFL broadcast, if kickoff is scheduled for 1 p.m., you tune in at 1:05. The game's going. Mm-hmm. It's not any of these situations where I've got to watch Bill Belichick give birth to like a <laughs> clay statue for like 45 minutes. I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> like the NFL has their shit figured out. If kickoff is at one o'clock. The game's underway at like 102. And there's always pregame festivities in the NFL, and they do it oh, yeah. ahead of time. Like the ringing of the bell at Gillette Stadium, that was a new thing this year. Even when Tom Brady came in for the first game, he rang the bell. They had it done by 1 o'clock kickoff or 4 o'clock kickoff, whatever it was. The NHL just can't get out of their own way, and it's, they, it's annoying. They really can't. So on today's episode, we're obviously going to be breaking down the game that we just watched live. But we're also going to feature, because you can probably notice, if you haven't noticed already, the audio is a little different. Burge and I are sharing a microphone here. It's a live event. There's people at the bar here. Probably going to feature maybe some interviews. So uh, bear with us. It's not always going to be like this, but it's a special event. So we're leaning into it. We're having a good time. We're enjoying this. So, uh, yeah, just 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 enjoy it and, bear, you know, just deal with it. So. <laughs> So, yeah, well, let's go back into that Flyers game here. So, game starts. Takes uh, Mark Recchi 45 minutes to get his enjoyment, you know, his, his recognition from the Philadelphia Flyers. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. He never won a cup there, but uh, that's okay. Uh, Three-cup winner didn't happen with the Flyers, but he did have the brunt of his NHL career that happened with Philadelphia. So, it was really good to see the Flyers that are really on the upswing, you know, rebound and uh, recognize some of their legacy. And Mark Reiki is definitely a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely good to see that puck drops and holy smokes. Sure seems like the Flyers were not ready for this game today. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, through the first better half of the first period, I thought the, the Flyers came out and did what you kind of expect the home team to do, and that was to kind of put the pressure on – the better opponent That's and point. Yeah. you know i think at one point the shots were nine three uh flyers midway through the first period i'm sitting there watching this game and i'm like here we go again here we go again and you know what do the bruins do halfway 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 through the first period the onslaught starts but posternock nets his 32nd goal of the year already oh three quarters of the way through the period and off they went, and I believe the uh, first period ended with a four nothing lead for the Bruins. And I don't think I, I personally didn't see it coming. I don't know if you did, but I did not see that coming whatsoever. But unbelievable performance after that first goal. It seemed like the Pasternak goal kind of woke them up. You know, road team matinee game, maybe a little sleepy at the start. We've seen the Bruins be sleepy at the start and have it burn them. You know, throughout m- multiple points of the season, and seeing them just wake up late in that period was great to see chase chase urson the starting goalie for the flyers out of the game after the first yeah. period because of that performance and you know they they really never let up they really never let up no they didn't it, it was all bruins in the first period i mean i take that back it wasn't all bruins but the difference was the bruins were converting on their opportunities where the flyers were so I mean, that, I guess that has to go to a nod that Linus Olmark is a true differentiator in this league. Linus Olmark is not a person. Right. He's not a... Uh, Cal Peterson. Cal, he's not a Cal Peterson. Yeah. So, Bruins go out, they post four goals up. Not not really amazing goals. Like, pretty run-of-the-mill gritty, goals. Gritty yeah. goals, yep. Yeah, they were, they were making it happen um, when they needed to. 
And uh, yeah, four nothing lead. Flyers were in a pickle, and uh, at the end of the first, they decided to make a goaltending change, which I think was we all knew was coming after the third goal. The fourth goal kind of just put the stamp on it. You're like, you're like, all right, you're not gonna play your goalie with a minute or three minutes left in the in the period. You're gonna let him finish the period and make the change after the period. Like that's that's the right thing to do. I think Torts handled that well. Agreed. But. Just an unbelievable performance from from the team, and they're getting they're getting the goals. I mean, Pasternak had two of them in the first, but like seeing Dan and Heinen get on the score sheet again, great to see. Charlie McAvoy put a pot in one as well. Just fantastic performance, and it goes back to you know what we were talking about kind of before the season when you know when we started this podcast is that this these Bruins were going to have to win games two one three two. They're going to have to grind their way through these wins, yeah. and. They have been scoring almost, it seems like, at will. And I, if you told me the Bruins were going to win a, a, a January game 6-2 to two against the Flyers, who were up and coming, overachieving, you know, in the playoff picture as it stands today, I would have laughed at you. I, I probably am on record, if I recall correctly from a previous episode, that <laughs> this team is going to have to grind their way to, to score these goals and to win these games. And they're, they're just – they're, they're getting outshot, and they're, they're still netting five, six goals. It's it's unbelievable, and it's a great combination to have and a great problem. I don't want to say it's a problem, but a, a great a great situation that they're in because they do have the elite goaltending. But is it not a problem? Because the Bruins had to deal with that last year. They were performing so well, and then all of a sudden things dried up, and they didn't figure it out. So is this all of a sudden offensive explosion? Is this – too much of a convenience. I, I I personally don't think so because this team has has gone through some of the adversity that they didn't have to see last year. They kind of just waltz their way through, and this year they have had experience there. Two, three, four game skids or losing these games in overtime. They've experienced some of that adversity this year that they didn't experience last year, and I think that's, that's going to go that's going to go a long way in the playoffs and. It's great for the kids that are on the team now to experience this, experience that adversity at the same time. And, you know, the guys that were here last year obviously know what went on and how they blew it at the end. And I think they're going to be more battle-tested come the playoffs. Now, as that's me saying that this team is going to be better than the greatest regular season of all time of the team last year. and It's not going to happen in points, obviously. Obviously. At this point, it's not going to happen. Does this mean is this me saying that they're going to win a Stanley Cup? No, because I still think that they could run into a team that could that could knock them out in seven games. Just like last year, they ran into a perfect opponent that ended up, you know, ending their season. So I think that's still a possibility. But I will say that this team this year is far more battle tested, even in January. And that's to say that they're not going to experience any kind of adversity in February and March. Because I I personally kind of hope for it because I want to see that. And I want to see them kind of elevating out of that adversity come 100%. come the end of March, beginning of April. You want to see them on the on the upswing versus plateauing, Agreed. so to Agreed. speak. And I don't want to agree with Burrs the whole fucking time here. But like, <laughs> 100% I have to agree. I mean, the, the biggest thing about the Bruins last year is that they were able to just coast their way through the entire off, the entire regular season, right? So as soon as they got adversity, it was already the postseason, and they didn't know what to do. They weren't ready. They weren't ready. So this this club is different. They've already faced adversity, and they're able to already prove that they're ready to overcome it, mm-hmm. which is a really good sign. So my thought is here, with the situation the Boston Bruins are in, what does Don Sweeney do at the deadline? Minimal. We don't we don't have any assets. I don't want but, them spending anything. But what kind of message does that say to the core that you have here that's already established themselves as the number one team in the Eastern Conference, but you're not willing to spend any assets on them to go try to win a cup this year? We believe in you. We believe in you to do something. That's that would be the, that'd be how I would take the message. Would you be open to trading a Fabian Lysel and like a third round pick? Not Fabian Lysel, no. no. I wouldn't be there. I would love to see them, if they're going to do anything to add, and they should add, they should not be trading any pieces off of this team unless they're adding something back. I know we talked in the, you know. So how do you justify that to Brad Marchand, who's had the best career, or best best season in his career so far, with an asterisk, 
look back, look back to the team that went to the cup final in 2019. What did they add at that deadline? Who did they Marcus add? Johansson. Marcus Johansson. And I think it was the year before, was it the year before that they added coil? It was the year before they added coil, right? Yeah, yeah, it was so year you, you're going to make a kind of move that supplements Mar- like, like a, like a Marcus Johansson. You're going to get that. You know, you don't need to go out and spend for like an Elias Lindholm or like one of these top guys that are going to be sought we, after. We've at the already market. broke this down. Like, don't go for Hannibal. Don't go for Lindholm. Go for them in free agency. Go, go for a player like Marcus Johansson. That's going to cost you mid-round picks. Yes, I'm okay with them giving up a third or a fifth. What do you well, think about like a Sean Monaghan from, from uh, Montreal? That'd be an interesting Mont- Montreal and Bruins making a trade. That'd be something interesting. It's been a while. Uh, I did see a report though that somebody thinks that Monaghan could command a first-round pick. Oh God! No. No I think that seemed a little high to me. But at the same time, you get a kind of a role player. I think they need role players. They don't need to add like a stud like um, you know when we were talking about this earlier today about like Rick Nash and adding somebody like that, making that type of major major move. They don't need that. The team doesn't need that at this point. They their players that they have now are performing at a level and have been consistently performing at the level all year. So you have to, you have to kind of hedge on that. They're going to continue that. Should they add a piece or two? Sure. Why not? But at the same time, don't leverage the future. You have a lot of cap space coming up in the off season. You do have the free agents. Like we we've talked about Hannafin, uh, Lindholm, go after them in the free agent market. You have the money to spend and the capital to spend to make them come here so that, that don't give up your, your future, for that and to be honest with you they don't have a lot of assets like you said they don't have a lot because they they put all their chips in last year and obviously we know what happened spend the 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 middle of the road type assets to get role players that will plug and play into your current lineup yeah i'm 100 with you i mean don sweeney evan gold and the rest of the front office needs to be looking for is those under the radar players and it's probably going to be a situation where you have to trade somebody off your current roster to maximize the value. So whether that's Derek Forber or Matt Grizzlick or whatever, you know, you're going to trade one of those guys with like a fourth round pick. So somebody yeah. that could come in here, get a new refresh on their career. Like, like, like think players like Jesse Pugliarvi. Players that are just looking for that next opportunity. Like, like it's a Zaka 2.0. That deal that Don Sweeney went out there and traded Eric Halla for, Pavel Zaka, former top-tier first-round pick, to just get a change of scenery for him to continue his NHL career. And you see how it's already worked for the Boston Bruins. Pavel Zaka's come in here. He's not like, he's not like a top-tier star forward. But he's a reliable contributor. So that that's what I do see for this Boston Bruins. I do think that Don Sweeney and Cam Neely need to be active and looking at bargain bin opportunities mm-hmm. for them to supplement this roster here. And I think if they do nothing, it sends the wrong message. You have to reward this roster for the work they've already put in through the first half of the season. You know, that's a fair point because the – the, the roster this year has done enough. I argue they've overachieved at this point because I've <laughs> been on record many a time saying that this team was going to be a midler and they should they should explore trading Brad Marchand at the deadline if no. that's the case. No. If that's the case, if that was the case, it's not. So Brad Marchand, no, we're not trading him. And, you know, it's, it's something where you, you just need to add role players and adding somebody like a Marcus Johansson. I, we, we talked about this earlier just adding a, a guy like that where you're going to pay middle of the road price somebody that may need a, a change of scenery you're not going to give up a ton of assets for him but he can play in the middle six and that's like my ideal candidate for this team and so you a winger or a center? probably a center would be my, my choice because Matty Patra you know he's a kid you don't want to rely on him and this team obviously has had you know, a, a gigantic turnover at center. And I would hate that to be their downfall in the playoffs where somebody doesn't show up or somebody disappears late in the season. I'd rather have that position kind of shored up and not have to worry about it. At the same time, I mean, you could argue they could you want to see them because they do have the the access of defensemen in terms of salary cap with Grizzlick and Forbert, like you mentioned. Yeah. But 
I don't. I would argue that they don't necessarily need to be replaced because you have Mason Lori in Providence. Why not ride with the kids? Why not ride with them at that point? So that, that's 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 kind of where I'm at. I just don't want to see them again mortgage any more of the future than they've already mortgaged to try to get this core and Brad Marsh and uh, and you know the goalie tandem further in the playoffs. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I know that it's weird that Bruce are angry on things, but sometimes that happens. We're we're uh, we're definitely right there in line. Don't spend too many draft capital assets here. We don't have many to begin with. We don't have a first this year. I think we don't have a second. Yeah, I have to look, but you definitely don't have a first. I know yeah, that. No first for sure. We traded that last year. Which, for the record, once again, I don't blame the Bruins for going all in. No, I don't blame them for trading for trading their first last year for trading the first this year. That was the hundred percent the right move to make. The team failed to execute. So, um, let's move on. All star break. We've already talked about the jerseys. We've already talked about who's going. What are you hoping that the Bruins overall as a team gain out of the All-Star break? Rest. Obviously, number one, we've got nine days off now. Rest. I'd love to see them not come out of the break with any sort of rust, right? You don't want to see any rust coming out of the break. Nine days off is a long time. Only two of them. as long as Ottawa. I heard Ottawa has like 13 days. They must have their bye week up against they it. They must or something have like their that. bye week immediately. Which is unreal, which is unbelievable. And, you know, the All-Star game is a glorified show for the NHL. We know that. Like, going to the All-Star game obviously is an honor for a player. But, like, at the end of the day, the game is is meaningless. And you see the way that they play in the games. And nobody wants to get hurt. You don't want anybody to get hurt. So I, I really would value the rest, the health, get healthy, Um and just continue where you left off. I don't want to see any kind of skid coming out of it. I'd rather see the skid in the end of February than coming out of the break and just being just lazy, not ready to play, all of that. And hopefully they gain that. Hopefully they can proceed to continue where they're at now, continue to grow on it. Again, I expect some dip and some adversity to come. I'm honestly hoping for it to see them go through some sort of skid. Because again, I think we know now the way we've talked that we do not care if they win this team, this team wins the president's trophy. We do not care if they are the one seed in this. We want to see them hot going into the playoffs and battle tested going into the playoffs. So that those, that, that'd be where I'm at. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, it's a great <laughs> opportunity for the ball. I want the Boston Bruins to take this time to step away from the game and spend some time with their loved ones and reflect on the the success they've already had this season, right? This is not as good of a team as we had last year. You're still on top of the Eastern Conference. What does that say? It says that you have the right culture. You have the right work ethic. And you are proud to be a Boston Bruins. Can I just say real quick, all you Bruins fans out there that wanted to fire the head coach after the letdown in the playoffs last year, absolute dude, you I hope you're eating a whole plate full of crow right now because uh-huh. that's your fucking clown nose that you're here. Because Ace is spot on with what he's saying here, and you know, I hate to agree again, but like <laughs> The culture is there, and it's clear that you lost your leadership last year. You lost Bergeron and you lost Krejci. You're a captain and assistant captain. You lost it. The only one remaining from that like age group and that core is Brad Martian, and they've continued it. They've continued right where they left off. They're overachieving again, and I don't know how you can't put something and put some of the praise on the head coach the way that they've handled all the, we'll say the entire coaching staff, how they've handled this whole thing going forward and knowing that this was going to be a quote unquote transition year. I'm on point on record saying that repeatedly that this is a transition year and that I don't want them seeing them invest in this team at all. It's hard. They made it hard to like still die on that Hill. Like I'm eating a little bit of crow myself when it comes to that. So just one year with the head coach, Failed in the playoffs, so what? 
shame on all of you for saying that the dude should have been fired. I, I had to get that in there, but you can continue. No, I agree, man. Like, I had my qualms with how Jake, uh, Mr. Montgomery handled things. You know, I didn't like the fact that he deferred to the roster the entire time. Like, you are a NHL coach. It's your job to coach. I understand they have Patrice Bergeron and a very veteran-laden team, Nick Foligno, all these guys, but your job is to still coach. But I also understand that when you're in that situation, if it's working, it's, it's not anything crazy to say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And all year, it wasn't broke. There was no reason to fix it until there was. And then when it was suddenly time to fix it, Mr. Montgomery found his pants down around his ankles and he didn't know what the fuck to do. So here we are this year. All right, Jimmy Montgomery. No Bergeron. No Krejci. What are you going to do? And let's just say Jimmy Montgomery has passed that test with flying colors so far. Um, it's 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 super intriguing to see what this club has done and what they're gonna do moving forward. And uh, only time will tell how they come out of this All Star break with All Star Jeremy Swayman, All Star David Pasternak, and All Star Jimmy Montgomery. We'll see where the rest of the club is at. Absolutely, it's a great way to come out, come into the, uh, come into the All Star break, though. Yeah, you're you're With that right kind of high. statement win against yeah. the Philadelphia Flyers, who, for the record, are not a bad club. They're in third place in the uh, in the in the Metropolitan Division right now. A team that's you argue they're a team that's overachieving, and. You know, they're dealing with a little bit of adversity right now themselves. And they're still they're still a formidable opponent. And the Bruins came in, weathered their storm, and basically said, F you, I'm going to dominate you right now, and basically put them right in their place. Yeah. So it's definitely intriguing to see. And, you know, looking ahead to the rest of the season and the playoffs, you know, uh, very – contentious discussion that we have on this podcast about the goaltending situation. You've seen, you know, Omar get hurt. Swayman come in, shoulder the load exceptionally well. This coming from a guy who wanted him traded in the offseason, right? <laughs> so exceptionally well. He's an all-star. Well-deserved. He's been he's playing the way I wish he had played last year, where he is kind of asserting himself a little bit as the one or 1A of this this goaltending room for the Bruins. But we've seen a lot of people on Twitter lately going at Linus Olmark saying it's time to trade him. You hear it in the Boston media on the talk shows and trade a goalie, trade a goalie, trade a goalie. Now, if you're an avid listener of this podcast, I am firmly in the camp that you should trade one of these goalies. Not right now. Not right now. You trade one after the offseason. After the season is done, you trade one of them. Right now, if the Bruins are going to sit there and trade one of their two elite goaltenders, and I'm talking elite, you're talking top 10 in the league, both of them, then you are just one of those buffoons who takes what the media throws at you and does no, no critical thinking yourself at all. So my question to you, Ace, has your mindset changed Come playoffs, because I think we both agree that this team is going to be a playoff team. They're going to be playing probably a home game in the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? They're going to be the home, the, the higher seed. You know what I mean? Come on, don't don't throw the beer in there. Come on. <laughs> what do you do with the goaltenders if status quo from right now today, January twenty seventh, does not change? What do you do? How do you handle the goalies? So in this postseason, how do you handle the goalies? Yes. Please drink your beer. I don't want to interrupt. Um, this postseason, you are going to continue this, this you know, the Swayman goes. And I'll even go as far as to say Swayman has looked like the better goaltender than Linus Olmark. Linus hasn't been bad. 
but Swayman has been really well. But that doesn't mean we give Swayman the annotation of saying you're the number one goalie. And I think I think goalie coach Bob Asenbet Bob Asenza. You can tell. Have another one. Yeah, I, need, I, I need another double IPA, man. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but uh, you can tell Bob Asenza likes anointing one goaltender as the number one. It didn't work. It didn't work. Is it going to work this year? Probably not. It didn't work last year. We had the best team in the regular season. So let's go and use one of the unique advantages that this roster has compared to other NHL teams. If they don't use the five million goaltender on the bench, you're shooting yourselves in the foot. You could, you could There's tell, my answer. We've said this a million fucking times, Bruce. You could tell I wanted to breed some disagreement into this episode because we've been great. We've been agreeing too much. Yeah, we're agreeing too much. So now we get to disagree with the we beers. Agree. This, this double IPA is pretty fucking good. That's what we agree on. Shout out to Peter LaPlante at Backhill Beer. This is a really good double IPA. Uh, so everything all at once. Here's here's my disagreement on that. I, I will not I will not disagree with you on the fact that both goaltenders should be used in the playoffs. I will not I will not push back on that. But if you decide to continue the every other game rotation that has been employed the entire season this year when both goaltenders have been fully healthy, it will not work. It will not work. It has never been done in the league. So you can say that maybe there's no evidence that it has it will not work. It's different league, no, different league. It, okay, fair point. The leash on the number one needs to be shorter. Agreed. So that's 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 Agreed. where I stand on that. All right. See, if, if he goes out there and he posts a shutout, just because he's in the, the rotation, if he gets a fucking shutout, I'll put it back in there. But if he gives up a in like a situation in the game two where it's a five four game, he didn't post a shutout. He wasn't dominant. I'll even roll the other goaltender in. I'm going to push back on that because it all comes down to the context. The context of the goals that were scored, the play of the team. Everything needs to go into that decision. It's more than just looking at the total number of goals and the total number of shots and the save percentage and the numbers. If your goaltender is the reason why it's 5-4 and not 10-4 or not 8-7, for example... That's that's where I push back, and I, I, follow me on Twitter. Come playoffs, boys and girls. Just follow me, seriously, because I'm going to be giving my takes on this after each game. But the leash needs to be shorter, and the, the leash was too long last year. I was wrong on that. I wanted Linus to continue playing, but clearly he was a little bit more injured than what people thought, and they didn't pull the plug soon enough. And putting Swayman in a game seven was a little bit of a problem. Cold. But they do need to give these guys in the regular. They need to test these guys in the regular season with consecutive games. They've done it with Swayman because of Omar's injury. I think they need to give Omar a couple of consecutive games. I'm not saying I'm not saying play him six, seven, eight games in a row. I'm saying play him two, three, three games in a row. See how he holds up through those three period those games. And I'm not saying play him back to back because that never happens in the NHL. That's not that's not good. That's not good roster asset team management by doing that. But they need to test these guys. They need to test them because there was a situation where you could be going into April 1st and you've rotated the entire year and Linus Olmark tears his labrum in his hip like Tukaras did and he's out for the season. And now you are forced to ride Jeremy Swayman. They need to start testing these guys now and getting them ready to have to do that in the event and just to be prepared because last year they weren't prepared and Linus got hurt and they were, you know, coaching didn't make the decision, but Swayman wasn't ready to jump in and win game seven. And I, I will say this. I'm going to ask you another question on this. I want your thoughts on it. Is there a chance, given the two years that we've had these two goaltenders already, you've had these two, these goaltenders for two years, two playoff runs, obviously two very different teams going into yep. the playoffs. Yep. Are you concerned that either one of these goalies are not playoff goaltenders? I mean, I think, it, I think it's TBD, right? These goaltenders have not proven that they can be contributors to the playoff level. We've had a shortfall once and a shortfall twice. 
there, there's no track record. And you go back to Linus Olmark's previous NHL experience, he never even touched the playoffs. He was on Buffalo. They didn't sniff the playoffs. So playoffs, that's a big TBD. And that's yet to be determined. I mean, the label of playoff performer is something that needs to be applied once you've actually done something. And until you do something, you're not. You, you can't do it. And, and so I will gracefully say that we do not have a playoff performer yet. I, 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 in the crease right now. I, I'll say this too. Yeah, I, I agree with that because we've had a couple of situations where we had some issues with the goaltenders in the playoffs. We've seen it twice now where both of them have floundered in the biggest moments. So there is some concern for me, but like I will say to your point, I agree it's TBD. Let's give them the third shot this year and let's, let's see what, let's see what happens. Um, You know, you look back to to guys like, like, like Tuka Rask, Tuka Rask, you know, you guys all may disagree with me when I say this, but Tuka Rask, was a playoff goaltender. He's the reason that the team in 2019 made the Stanley Cup Finals. And you can argue that he was not the reason that they lost. Excuse me. But at the same time, you had a playoff goaltender in Tim Thomas who had probably the single-handed, single best playoff run for a goaltender in NHL history. That run in 2011 was unbelievable. So I I really want to see what these guys can do. And honestly – if we're going to have a rotation every other day, I don't think we're going to get our answer on this because you're not playing the entire season. I think looking back at the last 23 Stanley Cup winners dating back to 2000, there's never been like a rotation in the playoffs. And even after the goaltenders split throughout the entire season, I think the best option of looking at this was the Red Wings in 2008 where Chris Osgood and Dominic Hasek split the entire season. It was almost a dead split, 40 games each playing. And they rode Chris Osgood, I believe it was Chris Osgood, to the Stanley Cup championship against Pittsburgh. So it's there's not a lot of statistics that back up playing a bona fide rotation in the playoffs. And until we can actually see a couple of these, these Bruins goaltenders play a substantial period of time in the playoffs, will we actually know if they are playoff performers? Now, that's not me saying that you have to ride the goaltender through the ups and the downs throughout the playoffs. If you look at the Stanley Cup winners, a lot of teams will start with one goalie and end the, end the playoff run as a cup winner with the other goalie. Perfect examples last year with Las, with Las Vegas and their the Golden Knights. They started the season with Laurent Bressois playing in net, and who ended up being the goalie at the end? Aiden Hill. So it's it's one of those things where we want to be able to see what these these goaltenders have, but a bona fide every other game rotation, which is what Jim Montgomery has come out and said he's going to continue in the playoffs. There's no st- statistics that back up that that, that will work. Point. And point. you know, I just want them to play one. When that one fizzles out, you go to your other, and that way you can pick up right where you left off because you have two elite goaltenders. Oh, oh. What constitutes physical count? A loss or two in a row? A loss or two in a row? One um, or two. A bad, you know, you're giving up bad goals in a game? Uh, not one. It's got to be multiple. So two. We'll say two. So if he loses a triple overtime game, that's not a fizzle. If the triple overtime game is 9-8, sure. But, like, it all depends on the context of the game. And we'll, we will we – will, be bringing this to you come the playoffs and you know ace and i are going to disagree this is finally the point where we get to disagree we're not going to sit here and just you know you know scratch each other's chin and have have a full full agreement podcast but you know we will see we'll find out and i like their chances going into the playoffs this year more than i did last year and that's saying a lot. That's just I, because of the adversity, right? The, the adversity is the biggest thing. I mean, even Swayman has had to play multiple games in a row this year because of an injury. And, again, I'll reiterate my point. They need to test Allmark on this, too, to see who can actually play these multiple games in a row and 100%. hold up. They need to test it now. They have a cushion in the division. They have a cushion in a playoff race. They need to test it now. And if they don't, they're one injury away from being screwed. Yeah. And, and I think that's the important thing to keep in mind is that they are one injury away 
from going ahead and being uh, a quite a bit. So what I'd like to do now is to go ahead and get one of our interviews lined up and to uh, talk about the event today and uh, get some of their perspective on the Boston Bruins. So we will be right back for the interview. All right, so we're back here at the Two Pat Stack Podcast. We have our uh, our interview of the day. We have a wonderful fellow bartender here at the Back Hill Beer Company. So welcome, Jared Garno. How's it going, Jared? Good, Pretty guys. Nice. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. It's absolutely. Great event today. It was a good event. Pretty good crowd, huh? Yeah, yeah. Lots of people here. Um, lots of enthused Bruins fans. So, you know, glad to be a part of it. It was uh, a lot of fun just uh, hanging around. Absolutely. Have some beer. Good beer. Good beer, huh? The best beer. The best that, beer. Back Hill Beer Company. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I subscribe to that, but people may say I'm biased as a bartender. I mean, the only way to know for sure is to actually come here, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. That's right. Come check it out. 73 Pickering Road in Rochester Organic, depending on who you ask. Rochester. Rochester, New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. Really great. Uh, hop forward IPAs. Good variety. If you don't like IPAs, there's still other things for you here. We have sours. We have uh, a good pale ale on right now. We usually have a lager and a pilsner on. Uh, so come check us out here. But uh, yeah, Jared was here hanging out with us during the event today. Not a big, not a giant hockey fan. Jared, you haven't gone to a hockey game in the NHL Bruins. I've not. I'm going to be going to my first hockey game uh, this spring, courtesy of you. So. That's right. That's right. Jared and I are going to catch a game. Nice. Together. Yeah. I'm going to bring Jared to his first Bruins game later on. I've been to some UNH games, though. Those okay. were always a lot of fun. Yeah, you oh, yeah. good D1 hockey college. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good, especially better lately than what they were maybe in the last 10 years, but... Still pretty good hockey to watch for sure. Um, have you uh, like like what what's your thoughts on hockey in general? Like, oh, I love it. Uh, yeah. I love how fast it is. I love um, the uh, I don't know the aggressiveness of the players. How they push each other. Do around. you love the goalies? If you like goalies, man, if they do their job correctly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the perfect response. Yeah, exactly. Everybody fucking hates the goalie when they let in too many goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here's the ticket. <laughs> Not a ticket. Magic ticket. Golden ticket. Golden ticket. So uh, while Jared's here, we're going to go ahead and pull the winner. So if you didn't know, by the way, we had some awesome prizes here for this uh, live viewing party. We have a Boston Bruins jersey. Uh, we have a puck with a bottle opener built right in. And uh, Backhill Beer Company was kind enough to donate a $20 gift card to the winner of the raffle here. So um, I think it would be maybe biased if I picked this ticket, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, I think it would, like, you would be a little outside. I think what I would like to do is have our guest speaker here hold a ticket. That's going to be selecting the winner of today's. Uh, so, 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 which one are we doing first? Are they getting is it one all winner? together? Oh. One winner. Oh, one winner. I like it. You're gonna get a jersey. You're gonna get a puck. You're gonna get a twenty dollar gift card. All right, shuffling around. These are nice. Yeah, stop looking. I saw you looking. What <laughs> we got here? All right, looks like we have. Oh, did he write Robert? Robert. Moran. Robert Brand. Brand? Yeah. Brand? I, I, I know. All right, we're going to look at the ticket. I need a second opinion on that. Robert Brand? That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. Robert to New Hampshire. Let's go. All right, well, congratulations, Robert. You want a sweater? A tarp? That's what we call jerseys here in the NHL community. You got puck. You got a $20 gift card at Backhill Beer Company. So congratulations. Uh, I, myself, Ace, will be in touch with you. I'm going to try to read what your email address is or your phone number. I think I got it. I'm going to say it on the podcast. Don't dox them. <laughs> so, yeah, congrats, dude. You won all the swag. I will be in touch with you. So. We absolutely appreciate the support. Thank you so much for coming out, everybody that came out to the event. I have some cool news. 
So this event was such a hit that we're going to host another one. We're going to have another one right here at Backyard Beer. And not only are we going to have another event, we're going to have a fucking beer. We're going to have a beer named after the podcast. TBD the name. All that good stuff. But we're going to have a beer named after the podcast. We're going to have a celebration when we announce that beer. Release that beer, and we're gonna have another bees game on the projector here at Backhill Beer when we do that. How fucking exciting is that? I cannot wait, cannot wait for that for that event. Yeah, this one was such an absolute success. It was a blast to get to meet some of you, all the all the great listeners that we have for the podcast. Let's hope we get a hope. Let's hope we get the same result next time we do the next party. Like, nice yeah, no blowout. Shit. It was it's so nice. It was like blow us four nothing after the first period. We're able to just socialize without having to worry about the game. We can watch the game in peace. Unbelievable. Can't wait. I'm too busy out there shaking hands, kissing babies. Every time I come back to like sitting down and actually watching the game, you score. No, I was kissing hands, shaking babies, shaking babies, kissing. Hey, at least you weren't Will Ferrell from the campaign when he. Punch the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so our guest here, Jared. It's kind of funny story. So you guys all know that I'm a bartender here. I've been here for about six months now. But before I actually was a bartender here, I didn't even know the fact that I took guitar lessons for this guy. Oh, so I searched online for guitar lessons, and I found Jared Garneau, our good friend here, that's guesting on uh, on the that's him, that's him. And uh, I showed up to the guitar lesson. I he gave me my homework. I didn't do it. And then I straight yeah. Shocking. I show up here at the bar after I found out that there was a brewery here in Rochester. And here he is standing here in the bar. I'm like, fuck, why do I recognize this guy? Why the fuck do I? And then it clicked. I was like, oh, fuck, that's the guitar guy that I ghosted. He's like, oh, yeah, reach out to me if you're ready for a second lesson. I never fucking reached out. I never did. I didn't do my homework. I didn't reach out. And here he is serving me beers. And, uh, it was a wonderful experience. I, I, I mentioned I came in here. I drank the beers. Once again, we've talked about it a million times. Amazing beers. And uh, I was like, by the way, he recognized me. He didn't say anything. He took the high road. Good for you. I, I didn't, I didn't want to. blow the spot. Like, I was like, I don't know how to approach this. <laughs> but Aaron, he approached it. I was like, yeah. oh fuck, dude! I totally took guitar lessons from you, didn't I? <laughs> Well, you like foreign uh, being a good student. He makes up foreign charm. Right? There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? Yeah. Tell my wife that. Yeah. <laughs> you should be like, Jared, just stop. Yeah, just stop. Yeah, that's exactly what my wife yeah, would yeah. say. Same thing. You should be like, I liked you before you started saying <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. So Jared actually came over. It was fun. He, uh, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but uh, I'm, I'm honored to announce that I now have a kegerator at the house. And uh, I came over here. We had an internal meeting here at Backhill Beer for all the bartenders. And uh, I was hanging out with Jared. I was like, Jared, I have a kicker. Do you want to come hang out? And like the logical man that he is, he said, yeah, I want to come hang out. You have a kicker. Right? Yeah. So we showed up after grabbing pizza, after going to a brewery in Dover. Showed back up. We were probably decently sauced already. <laughs> and I tried to start pouring the beer. It didn't work. <laughs> oh, screw this guy. <laughs> it didn't work, man. I'm out. <laughs> like, and, and we tried to make the best out of, out of a bad situation. So we poured our pints with like 90% foam. <laughs> and I tried being like, Aaron, I'm not sure if I feel like hanging around with you. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of not living up to your promise. <laughs> But he's my ride, so I was kind of held captive. Yeah, yeah, because you're like, I can tell. He's like, you like puppy dog eyes. Like, well, you fix the pepper. Please fix the pepper. He's just like, all right, I can make up for it. I'll give you some Miller Light. So I had I had the beer fridge full of cans. I was like, all right, kegerator's not working. I'm flipping out. The top of the keg is like spewing beer. And we're like, fuck it, we're going to cans. I got to turn off the CO2. I got to turn off everything. The fucking kegerator was missing a gasket. 
the hose was just it was missing one little rubber piece rubber seal yeah weren't you bragging about how you got that great price <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. get what you pay for man yeah, yeah. so my wife comes out the next day and she's like oh my god it smells like a fucking frat house <laughs> That's fantastic. That's a great story. <laughs> so long story short, we finally have the kegerator working. And we have some wonderful backhill beer on draft now at the house. So I don't know. Maybe at some point I'll convince Burrs to drive up and have a uh, live recording right there. We in, can make uh, that happen with notice. Yes, absolutely. So, but um, Jared, what is your expectation of a Bruins game? Uh, to win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, just complete annihilation. Of like it was team. today. Like it yeah, was yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want a 4-0 lead after the first period. I feel Every like game. Like setting my expectations unreasonably high, but, you know, we live in Boston. We, uh, we go hard. We do. Teams. We do. He's yeah. right. Spot on. Yeah. yeah, you know the Patriots. They definitely send the message that we demand perfection. Yeah. Yeah. Jared's a big Pats guy. He's more, more of a Pats guy than I am. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about the Belichick situation, Burge? So Burge also hosts a football podcast called Breaking the Plane. Okay, very cool. So if you're listening and you haven't tuned in to Breaking the Plane, great content. First, how do they find you? Depressed. No, your content is. Oh, oh, <laughs> beers, beers. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us. But yes, Belichick makes me depressed. The whole situation makes me depressed. Still doesn't have a job. He's not going to get a job. You don't think he's going to get a job? No, I don't think he's going to get a job. Why? Nobody wants to interview a 72-year-old dude who wants full control of everything. I saw a guy that I follow on LinkedIn. And he talks about how getting a job is hard. And he retweeted. He said, hey, fucking Bill Belichick can't get a job after two interviews. What hope do you have? I know. Add to my depression, man. Just yeah. add to it. Add to it. I mean, I was going to root for that guy from afar, but it seems like that's not even a possibility. At this I don't think he's going to get a job. I don't think he's getting a job. Yeah. I think he's going to TV. He's going to make a bank, talking history of football. He's going to succeed in that role. He's going to be great in it. Until the next round of coaching. No, I think he's, I pers- think he's done. I personally think he's done. You don't if, think he's going to beat Shula's record? I don't think he will. I think, I think no team's going to hire a 73-year-old dude. After a year, want to hire like the, the young coach kids, though, but not like not, the he's full, spot on. Yeah, Bill, come in and coach the team. That's it. He'll get a job like that. It's like, if, uh, even Nick Saban was just like, you know, it became hard to tell people like a realistic expectation for how long I can continue coaching. Exactly, but, like, you know, people probably want three to five years at Bill, and Bill's just like. <laughs> I'm here for yeah. two years to get the record, then I'm out. See you later. Yeah. That's I'm here for a good time, not a long time. That's yeah. it. And, you know, the whole state of it just makes me sour taste in my mouth with the Patriots and everything, just how they handled it and all that. I think it's just all, you know, we'll see what the Patriots do going forward. There's a lot of a lot of unknown, a lot of, you know, excitement around, like, a new regime, something new coming in. So that always breeds a little bit of excitement. But a lot of people think that this team can turn it around quick. And I was one of them with Bill as the head coach. As the head coach, I'm not saying GM. As the head coach, I thought they could turn around quick, be back. But now that you've completely cleaned everything out, expect some mediocrity for a while, for a little while. So we'll, we'll see what happens. So what I would like to do now is go ahead and send it over to our Patrick with Patrick for this week. We have our trio of sports bets. Specifically centered to friend of the show. Friend of the show. What can I just shout out Patrick this week? Like absolutely Pat, Pat shout him out. Poolside Pat came out and said, Hey, social media, if anybody's out here at the two pad stack event and you reply to this tweet, I will send you money for your beers. And our good boy, our, our friend, my right winger at the tapped in series, uh, at Primetime Productions, Army. Ended up replying to that tweet, and Poolside Pat sent him ten bucks today. Instantly, instantly, man of the people, Mister Pat, man of the people, great addition to the team. Sent it over immediately via Venmo to pay for some beers. So big, giant shout out to Poolside Pat. Love you, Army. Thank you very much for coming. Absolutely. 
and bring in your buddy Cam. Really appreciate you guys coming by. But um, let's go ahead and send it over to them. Follow the follow this bet because Pat's gonna make his ten bucks back right on this on this hat trick. So yes, get on it. The natural hat trick for sure. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to Pad Stack fans, and welcome back to the Two Pad Stack Hat Trick with Patrick. I am Patrick. Let's go. We are eight and seven after a one and two week last week. Shout out is in order for the Back Hill Beer Company. That is 73 Pickering Road in Rochester, New Hampshire. For hosting the two pad stack viewing party. Now, let's make some money. These picks are for Tuesday, January 30th. My first pick, there's only two games on Tuesday the 30th. So I had to double up and I doubled up with the St. Louis Blues. Not only did I take their money line against the Columbus Blue Jackets, that's minus 180, but I also took the over six and a half goals scored at minus 125. The last four games for the Blues have seen Blues wins, but also in those last four games, four of their five game winning streak, all the last four Blues games have gone four to three. Next, I will take the Seattle Kraken. We are smoking the Kraken with Professor of Puck. Minus one and a half against the San Jose Sharks in San Jose. That is Kraken minus one and a half. That is plus 120. Thank you as always for listening to Two Pad Stack and the Two Pad Stack. Patrick with Patrick. I am Patrick. All right, and we're back. There's your hat trick with Patrick. Follow those bets. Make some money. Jerry, are you a sports better? Uh, I'm a musician, so I don't have money to bet on <laughs> my sports. So. so you're a musician. Do you have any events coming up? I do. I'm uh, playing at Mr. Sippy's next month. That's in Rochester, New Hampshire? Yep, Rochester, New Hampshire. Best barbecue in the Seacoast. Awesome. Um, very excited. I'm going to be playing as a duo. I'm going to be featuring Seth Warren on bass. We're going to be playing a blues set. It's going to be loads of fun. You know, barbecue and blues doesn't really get much better than it doesn't that. Get no, better it really that. doesn't get better than yeah, that. So if you guys are in the area, please stop by. Um, and, you know, be on the lookout for other events I'm having in the future. Check out uh, my website, jaredgarno.com. Sign up for my newsletter to check out incoming shows. How do they spell your name? Uh, the French one, G A R. So I wouldn't have got that if you didn't explain it. I wouldn't have got it. So G A R N E A U, and then um, my first name is J A R R E T. So Jar, basically. Yeah. Yeah, definitely check out Jared. He's a great guitar teacher, great musician. I've been bartending here when he's had live music going on here at Back Hill Beer, and this place is full. So check his shit out. Really good stuff. Jared, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Really appreciate you uh, jumping on here, talking with us. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Loads of fun, guys. Thanks thanks again, man. It was great to meet you. And thanks again for jumping in and supporting us. Appreciate it. No problems. Great. All right. That was great. Thank you very much to uh, Jared for joining us for the interview. We had a lot of really great people here. A lot of people that wanted to join us for the interview, which was a lot of fun. Definitely stay tuned. We'll have another event closer to the playoffs with our beer that we're going to launch. TBD on that. Big hype. Can't wait. A lot of cool stuff coming with that. But, um, yeah, ton of a ton of fun here. We had a great time. We're still uh, wrapping up this year uh, live podcast here at, at the um, Backyard Beer Company in Rochester. 
I'm still sipping on beer, if you can't tell. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it was a good time. We're going to go ahead and wrap up here. We really appreciate you guys tuning in and joining us here. Episode 26. It's an exciting time. Exciting time here at the Two Bad Stack Podcast. Absolutely. we got a lot of good stuff coming for you here in the future. Obviously, with the Bruins performing the way that they have, it means for a uh, nice, happy podcast, you know, outside of my, you know, as the aforementioned NFL podcast where I Ace prompts me to prop my socials and everything for my podcast, and I just say I'm depressed. So much better time here as a uh, as a Bruins fan, what, you know, as we come down the second half of the season, get through the All-Star break, get into the playoffs. Definitely a lot to be on the lookout for. We appreciate everybody that came out today to the live event. Appreciate all you listeners. And, yeah, stay tuned for, for all the good stuff coming here in the future. We'll be here. Tune in. A lot of fun stuff coming. Love you. See you next time. Peace. Peace. This concludes our broadcast day.